You talk. What about you talk? No, you have to start. You have to introduce us first. We are being introduced right now. Good. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm keeping that every week because you do that shit <laughs> constantly, fam. Uh, and well, you're no, gonna knock stuff over no, too. No, you need to introduce the podcast. Yeah. So, um, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Parents of Professors with your Triple C's, Dr. Michael Stephen Williams and Dr. Marjorie Dorme Williams. And so this time we're back. It is. I, I feel like we should probably start like timestamping these and dates. Oh, like because, NPR. Yeah, yeah. The streets <laughs> are not gonna get these for months until we figure out what we're doing. But okay, you know whatever. Today is February tenth, um, two thousand twenty-one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit him with that. The year matters. <laughs> oh, it does. Well, it I guess it matters because every day seems like the same day since March of twenty twenty. Sprinkling some protests, sprinkling an election, sprinkling a little bit of two and impeachments. Then, yeah. <laughs> t- impeachment part get. And here we are. Um wanna jump on the horn this week. There's always a million topics that we could potentially talk about, but um the state of Utah has been interesting, we'll <laughs> say, to start. And so it's funny because I actually just did a, a talk uh, oh, right. Are you at that? University of Utah. I mean, I guess so. It's not like niggas couldn't find out if they just look at my Instagram. I ain't take the flyer down. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah but, okay. and, and it's for the University of Utah. It's not an indictment on the state, even though apparently <laughs> slavery is okay there. Um, but we'll circle back to that a little bit later. I forgot about slavery. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> You're black in America. You did not forget about slavery. In Utah specifically, my bad. Yeah, okay. But uh, I guess I guess we'll start there, and I want to tee you up because I know you had multiple hot takes. So you want to talk a little bit about what happened in Utah recently and the flip-floppery reversal that took place? Yeah, so it seems uh, like our trend is just different states in the news right now. And so this particular story from Utah um, has gained a lot of attention, I think for a couple of different reasons. Uh, A charter school in Utah. Montessori school. A Montessori school. Yes, specifically a Montessori charter school in Utah. The Maria Montessori Academy. Let's put them on blast. In North Ogden. (laughs) Uh, So it's an elementary and junior high school for children, obviously, in Utah. And it's February which means it's Black History Month. And I guess this is a little bit of an aside, um, right? People have have addressed this in a lot of different ways. I think some folks have done a really good job of demonstrating what it looks like to authentically support Black History Month. Um, Shout out to Target. Uh, And others, maybe not so much. You know know what? NFL people should talk to the Target people. Cause they NFL ain't about that. Colin Kaepernick them. still ain't got a job. I know that Next happens. Time, like, Colin Kaepernick applied to McDonald's, and there's uh, the NFL called in. Like, nah, don't hire him. Nah, nah, Nike's the only one that got him through the wire. <laughs> I can't be mad at Nike money, um, but this school in particular is in the news because their principal was contacted by an unknown number of families who wanted to. Um, opt out of having their children participate in learning about Black History Month. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's. I'm sitting very still. I have so many questions. Well, I think the first question that I would ask is, can I opt my kids out of 
white history year? According to this principle, you should be able to. Hmm. Or at least the first time around. The follow-up to the story is that after sending home a letter um, and sending a message, a public message, on their Facebook page stating that uh, the principal regretfully is letting families know that they can choose to opt out of Black History Month, um, after being communicated by the NAACP, after being contacted by concerned parents, um, that decision was reversed. But here's the interesting thing, and I mean, there are countless interesting it's things, so many interesting but things. one of the things that I found most interesting is that the demographics, so North Ogden is outside of Salt Lake City. There's about 20,000 people in this town. Everybody 90, knows everybody. 94% of them are white. Less than 0.8% of the population is black. It just sounds like any PWI across the United States. Here's my thing, though. Um, in this school specifically, there are only three black kids Yo, PW, out of uh, 322. So for those of you who are not familiar with that terminology, a PWI oh. is a predominantly white institution. Uh, right. People interchange it a lot. They call it a historically white institution. Essentially, any college or university that you know the name of that is in an HBCU for the most part is a PWI. Is a PWI. Um, and I, I just find the demographics. If you... If I said, oh, you know, this school has about 20,000 people, about 1% of the population is black. <laughs> it would just sound like any college or university right. across the country. Um, so that there aren't even, well, and maybe that's part of the problem, right? There, there aren't enough black people. Oh, clearly there. <laughs> so, so how does, I think there are levels to this, right? So the first is, Can't, if I'm a well, parent of one of the three black kids, I have questions for you. Why do questions. you live there? Right. Like, what do you mean for the parents? Yeah, exactly. I have questions for the parents. Uh, you didn't think no, I was going that direction. Because my yeah, thing no. is, everybody in that school probably has a good idea who those families were, right? Like, they all know, oh, it was the Smiths. Oh, Dave and Lucy did go to the Capitol earlier this year. We're not surprised. You know what's funny? I, I realize I've actually been spoiled. By? Because in the middle of Missouri, in the college town oh. where we live, in it's Columbia, actually, Missouri, yeah. we have amazingly crunchy and socially aware whites who have Black Lives Matter signs in their yards front and center, and actually are having thoughtful and intelligent conversations related to protest and what we teach our children and how we interact. And I do have to give a shout out to the parents that we have the opportunity to kind of school our children with. We're in one of yes. these learning pod situations. Um, but it's nice to not have to think about that. Yeah. It's nice to not have to worry about any of the additional program because one of the, the hard parts about being a parent all the time, and one of the things that we talk about constantly as we're co-parenting and you know trying to be consistent between the households is the messages that we give our kids about their blackness. You know, um, and I'm also trying to be careful about some of the stereotypes that I communicate you know, so it's there's snow on the ground here, and my daughter Macaria thinks that it's appropriate to go outside in a t-shirt, and so you can imagine some of the things that I say to her about <laughs> her behavior, which I will not repeat here. No, but in this a, is a safe casual space. conversation, you know, and so even that, it's the well, why, why does that? Oh, did she ask? Yeah, and, it's and like, you're like, huh? Yeah, and it's like, oh, hmm, gotta be careful. 
diversity scholar. <laughs> like, what are you teaching your kids? Let me interrogate my assumptions that I'm passing on to my kids. Yeah. And you can sometimes take it for granted. You can take for granted how complex some of the messages are. And you can also take for granted that you're a purveyor of those messages and you're a reinforcer of those messages if you just kind of uncritically say things to your kids. So when I saw this story and I thought about not only the like, why do you live there, fam? Like, I couldn't imagine. It's enough being demonized and not feeling comfortable navigating the spaces that you're in. And I'm not at all. And you know this because we've been through it like over the course of our, I mean, whatever, whatever you call our relationship from. A relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's like the relationship, the friendship, the marriage, the, all the different ways that we our relationship has changed. But, you know, I hate cities. Like, I have no, I, I don't want to live in a New York. I don't want to live in an LA. I don't, like, I love the diversity. I love the different restaurants. I love being able to see people that look like me and look like my children and all those places. But I don't need that. But I also don't need the opposite extreme where there's four Black people total in the entirety of the district. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and so one of the first things that I thought, when you think about belonging, you think about connection, you think about your culture being erased. It's really easy for your culture to be erased if there's only three of you. I Yeah. And I, I think, you know, both of us have had a little bit of a difference in our schooling and upbringing, but I think the similarity being that we attended predominantly white elementary schools and high schools, but we weren't the only ones. Um, but yours is very different because you were in Catholic school and true. I was I was military connected, so I was most most of my early schooling was on military bases, so Air Force base, Navy base, and you knew that you were in the minority, but you also have there's a very weird sense of honor and rank and connection in military families, and it's not to say that there isn't the vicious and ridiculous racism that you see pretty much anywhere else um but the sense of community the sense of connection is a little bit different i still mm -hmm. remember we lived on treasure island which is a naval base that's in between san francisco and oakland and i was i couldn't have been more than kindergarten or first grade and huge earthquake hits the bay area and i still remember just how amazingly nice everybody was like you could go to restaurants for free. They oh, wouldn't take when you're money. On the base, yeah, yeah, like when you're on the base, like you could just show up at a like places that I would cover. I'd be like, "Mom, can we please go get waffles from such and such?" And like after the earthquake, everybody was just well, oh, you could just come in I and eat for free. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Yo, they, we all good." Like the earth need to shake all the time because that's <laughs> a, <laughs> that's if that's what's on the other side of it. Well, I think you know the the fact that this is a Montessori school that gets public funding makes me wonder what the other schools in the area look like. Explain why you think the public funding piece of it matters. Why does it matter? This is this is not scientifically based. This is this is my own personal opinion. I mean, we're at a land grant institution, so I, I mean, like public funding or lack of public funding. Right. This is also an issue. Yeah. Big eyes emoji. <laughs> Single big eye emoji. <laughs> just one? Yeah, just one. Just one. Yeah. Beautiful nail. Um, well, I, I think that, you know, there are folks who would argue, well, this school isn't doing a good job. 
this is why we need to continue. This is why we need to invest more in our public schools, right? Where if people get to self-segregate and then pick and choose to not learn about period, anything outside of your own knowledge, which is basically what that is. Black History Month is simply introducing information to children and families that they otherwise normally would not have access to or have. But isn't that like that's what school's about? But isn't that highlighting how problematic Black History Month is to begin with? That it's only that month. Yeah, and so yeah. like I'm not trying to hot take, but no. if you try to, we've already done every version of, oh, it's the shortest month of the year, and you know I love that Saturday Night Live clip. Um, I don't know if you've seen it recently, but it's like Keenan and the one that does the Jay Z impression and one of the black shorties. And it's like 28 reasons. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to watch it. I'll, okay. I'll show it to you after we get done. But it's like, this is why you should hug a black dude. One, they're great. <laughs> like two through 28, slavery. <laughs> and, oh, it's like black AF. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I, because slavery. Yeah. And when you think about that, it's, it's even more valuable you know i teach graduate students you teach graduate students too because that's the nature of most higher education preparation programs but when i teach diversity in higher education or i teach race gender and ethnicity i'm amazed at how little people know about the history of this country because of the consistent erasure of black related issues from curriculum in k through 12. or anything that's not white and which is really but like you can go k through 12 not really learn anything about black history you can go to college and major in countless things i would venture to say that <laughs> only 0.8 percent of the majors would force you to learn anything meaningful about the history of blacks and women and black women and whatever intersectional identity would glorify somebody other than old white dudes Listen, if it's not about Thomas Jefferson, I'm not interested. Thomas. I'm not here for it. We don't need to learn about anything else or anybody else because we have the founding fathers of this country and America is perfect. And so all this other stuff is just anti-patriotic, anti-American propaganda, uh, says the parent who wants to opt out of Black History Month. I mean, that's you trying to opt out of White History Month. <laughs> Every statue on every campus that you walk by, the countless slave owners and people who voted against the integration of school. Listen, it's not. They're all over the place. As if most and of these buildings my man were not Tiege, built. My man Tiege was amazing in Hamilton. He's and so I will not. <laughs> and I That's the like image of Thomas Jefferson I carry in my I, heart. All the time. <laughs> He's French and ethnic. Or he's, he's a Francophile. That's what it was. I love it. I'm going to get a banner that says Francophile. Isn't that kind of what Haitians are? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's, but, but it's that problem, right? So how do you as a, I don't even, again, so many questions. As I don't, yeah, don't right? want to, I don't want to judge them more harshly than no. you judge any school system in the world. Because it's not, because it's not just about not people, not many people are doing this right. Utah, and, don't take this personally. This is not just about yeah. you. This right. This is a systemic issue. I remember um, I had that uncle, my, my, my mom's cousin, <laughs> who was an uncle to me, Andre, 
He was the one supplementing my black history education when I was coming up. He made me read the autobiography of Malcolm X. He made me read autobiography of Frederick Douglass. He knew he was a teacher. He's an elementary school teacher at the school that I went to. And he knew that there wasn't enough coming across in the normal curriculum. Right. And so recognizing that and offering people invitations to the conversations and enough patience to actually change their mind, that's so important because so few people actually have that kind of preparation. So few people have had access to the type of information that would be valuable to them. And when they do get access to that information, it changes them immediately. There's so many intellectually flexible people, at least in my experience, like, but again, that's the narrow, these are graduate students who want to be better at their job. I mean, right. And, and who are in a field that ostensibly they know is about equity and diversity, at least to a certain extent. But I think there are a lot of people who are more open-minded to learning the history and like, and that the gravity of the work that needs to be done hits them a little bit harder when they know the history, like when you can contextualize it, like, like to teach statue. <laughs> yeah, like when you can. So, so I have a, so then I wonder if, where we're directing our efforts doesn't need to change, right? So we get graduate students who, at least in theory, right, are interested in learning. Like you're choosing to go to school longer and learn more than the standard four years of, or six years, four to yeah. six years. All the richest people I know stopped after undergrad. But that's not their priority. Their priority all is... these degrees. <laughs> Listen. J. Cole, man, the degree's not keeping me warm. They're not. Um, <laughs> they look really nice on my office wall. Yeah. I got cats sending me samples of the new product in my text messages. They're like, hey, I just started a new website. Exactly. Here's me in front of my brand new car. And I'm like, high five. Lambo. That's what's I up. I see you. <laughs> I'm a professor. <laughs> I is smart. <laughs> I've been in schools for a long time. Okay, <laughs> so so these are our students, right? What I wonder is what's our responsibility or what do we do with the families who asked in the first place? And so I wanna read um, principal, the principal's response or, you know, I, it feels like a press release. Um, <laughs> it does feel like a press release. So I'll read his press release, or at least a paragraph from it, because I think it's an interesting perspective to take. <clears throat> the Maria Montessori Academy Board of Directors and the school director have one primary goal, providing a quality and equitable education to all of our students. Celebrating Black History Month is part of our tradition. We regret that after receiving requests, an opt-out form was sent out concerning activities planned during this month of celebration. We are grateful I repeat, we are grateful that families that initially had questions and concerns have willingly come to the table to resolve any difference. And at this time, no families are opting out of our planned activities and we have removed this option. In the future, we'll handle all parental concerns on an individual basis. We're excited to celebrate the rich content of Black History Month at our school. <sighs> Sir. Shout out to DTK. <laughs> better. You have to do better. 
Um, what does that mean? How well, would you have responded if you found yourself in this situation? First, I would have called you. <laughs> I'm not editing that email, yo. <laughs> and out of giving you all of my heat and hot takes over the phone, I would have written my angry email. <laughs> I would have sent that to you. And then said, okay, now how do we have a constructive conversation? Because what you're dealing with is something really problematic. And how does that behavior and attitude, one, not get passed on to the kids? It does and it will. Two, that therefore is going to have an impact on the three black kids and likely their friends that are enrolled in school. And I know we don't like this. That's 100% racist. I'm not saying the family members are racist in and of themselves. 100% racist? But that action? Like pure uncut? So right, like that's a, that's a real fundamental issue with the family. Why are you making that everybody else's problem? I mean, wasn't there some kind of mistake with the paperwork? <laughs> Saying our bad doesn't undo it. I mean, the paperwork, no. <laughs> just... I mean, if you give somebody the option, they'll say it. Like, think about this, right? If you told your students, like, yo. This syllabus can have nothing that talks about being black or slavery or racism. If there was an opt out button on your syllabus, how does it? How so, many people would hit the button? So then what? You've gotten teaching listen, evaluations before. First of all, how many people would hit the button, yo? We're not more than have, you care. That's a whole other more than you care to admit. And so these are the people episode. that hit the button. I'm a really good teacher. I'm not perfect because no one is, and teaching is a process whoa, of whoa, continuous whoa, whoa, improvement. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen. If you get a five on your, you you're know, telling me that there aren't ways to still be better, even if you get fives. I don't know what, like, how are we measuring perfect, Monday? You let me know. No one I is mean, perfect. The only evaluation system that I'm familiar with. No one is perfect. It's like scantrons. That's the point. And we still use pencils when possible. <laughs> We're gonna talk about my work on the TFL committee next week because that's a whole other conversation. The point being. You are there to learn. Not this is not a buffet. You don't get to pick and choose what you do. Doing that is called failure. You fail. When you decide I'm going to opt out of this geometry curriculum, I'm going to opt out of these state standardized tests. I'm going to opt out of gym class. You know what? I'm not really here for writing, so I'm just going to opt out of all There's of that. There's a lot of kids I have a out. cell phone. There's a lot of kids opting out of gym class right now. <laughs> First of all, everyone, the whole country has opted out of gym class for the last year. Whoa, whoa, some of us out here spell. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean. Don't be extra. So you have a family saying, hey. Flex, flex, flex. We're not here for this flex. black people thing. At all. Uh, like most of the rest of the country. 75 so, million. And then like, what does that look like to have your child? Do they leave the classroom? Because then everyone knows, wow, your parents are the racist ones. They might as well put a white hood over them, yeah. It doesn't make sense all the way around. Wow, that's a scarlet letter. The scarlet letter R. R, right? Like, why, why are you, like... When people have bad handwriting like our son, <laughs> R's do be looking like A's. 
is not an A. You get an F. Yeah. You fail. That's a fail. Because I I don't think you can spell. If your R's look like A's, how am I to know? I think the principal failed. I think the board failed. I know those parents failed. And to say that you're grateful for them to send their kids to school to learn, what what is that? I mean, that's about the frame though, right? Because what counts as knowledge? If you think about what so many people are allowed to believe, it's that, and if you think about the leaders of our country, you don't need to know anything about black history to be the most powerful people in this country. You don't country. need to know anything about anything to be the most exactly. powerful person in this so country. Like, what are you, so I don't know why I have all like these degrees. This, the self-reinforcing <laughs> narrative. Like you already have what we're fighting for. You know, we fight for the celebration of minoritized achievement in curriculum. <clears throat> Imagine already having it. Would you want to sacrifice a whole month of it for some? You can't say that. <laughs> we're going to have to cut that. <laughs> It does feel like a Dave Chappelle skit. The whole thing is a Dave Chappelle skit. Yeah, black white supremacist. There's somebody that was in that ballot box and was like, yes. So in thinking about racism and wanting to make the connection to higher education, that led to me to think about another story that came out recently. And this is a follow-up from a uh, an even older story, but there was a panel at a conference this was in um the music field this this happened last year and one of the presenters was an african-american professor uh and he talked about um really the need for the field to expand beyond its classical eurocentric white focus as the only way of going about music education um and you know, there it's a panel, so there's obviously a larger discussion. There were very strong feelings on both sides. <laughs> um, Are you saying there were good people on both sides? <laughs> there, were, there were good people on both sides. Um, and so this professor, hmm, Professor Jackson, uh, he's a professor of music theory at North Texas, basically put together um, a special issue in a journal, a music journal, to respond to um, this critique from the initial professor. Um, and so they basically put out a hit special issue. Um, although I love in the parenthetical, it's like, there were some that agreed with him. <laughs> it's like in, in like tiny letters at the end, not all. <laughs> <laughs> not all articles um all articles matter <laughs> right so uh right so this professor jackson puts out this article this this journal issue in response um and all of it from his center which was i want to make sure i get this right center for <laughs> That's a mouthful, B. So this person was um, was Jewish during Nazi-era Germany and Austria. Um, his wife apparently died in a concentration camp, um, and he died in 1934. But his his musical theoretical perspective is what informs some folks. And 
the initial professor was saying like, hey, he's, he was kind of racist. So maybe we need to be a little bit more critical of like how we approach music theory. Um, I want to uh, get to Jackson's response because um, <laughs> uh, it was interesting. <laughs> there were some tidbits such as what follows. Concerning music theory's whiteness, Jackson said, <laughs> sorry, hold on. Wait, let me, I got it. I got it, y'all. <laughs> Concerning music theory's whiteness, Jackson said, Black people should set, quote unquote, different priorities. A fundamental reason for the paucity of African-American women and men in the field of music theory is that few grow up in homes where classic music is profoundly valued. By contrast, Jackson said that classical music was central to his own grandparents who were Jewish immigrants. It gets better. We must address African-American students' lack of foundation, especially music theoretical, by facilitating their early training with appropriate resources and by demolishing institutionalized racist barriers. I don't... That sounds like... It's really... Your Catholic school teachers, huh? But you are the barrier. You are the racist barrier. He took, oh, I take that back because he took them to court. He is now suing uh, his institution. He's suing this other professor. He's suing. They defamed him. Everybody and his mama. And I'm like, but your response was racist. So I feel like that didn't help with saying that you're not racist. I. You can't say you're not racist. I'm not racist. And then write things that John V. Rutledge would be proud of. Oh, good boy. You can't say things good like, boy. I'm not racist, when your whole premise of musical theory is based on race. Blacks. Black people had music long time classical ago. classical music <laughs> like, are not fond of one another. So if you don't listen to classical music, then you can't be in the field? Like, what? 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 <laughs> um, right, all that to say, right, on the other hand, this is perpetuated throughout our educational system. We prioritize whiteness and all things white. And if it's not that- It's fluffy. It's right. Or it's seen as a bastardization of real history or real culture, which is nonsense. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. I'm done. I mean, I guess it's all, all that to say is Utah's not special. Is that? No. I think it's all of that and it gave us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, well, it's yeah, just... I mean, the, like the infusion of equity, diversity, the history of the diverse people whose contribution this country could not be without. Yeah, that shouldn't be confined to a month. Because then you wouldn't be able to try to opt out of that month. You'd have to opt out of the whole year. Do we get rid of the month? I don't know if we get rid of the month. Target did do a really good job. I wish but they... Yeah, they, like it should so, be Black History Year. On their website, you can shop Black brands. And they distinguish between... It should be Black, black History owned, Year black until we founded. run out of slavery. 
Yeah, I mean, like we just need to reverse those Black History Year for the next four hundred plus. Oh, for as long as we had, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there are some who say that the Black people have been given everything, and that we. Letter. Oh, <laughs> that we you gotta uh, put that in the show notes. I guess yeah. we, you guys have to. Um, if you haven't heard of Mister John V. Rutledge, um. Uh, that tickled my funny bone. It's a really, it's it's. He looks like Colonel Sanders to me in my mind's eye, <laughs> and it made me like side eye KFC, yo. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah, I was like, what? There's a professor who got in trouble recently. And two brute. And he's black, I think. No, it was a white lady. For chicken. Or- Listen, now we're gonna have to cut that whole thing. Nothing. <laughs> Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I want to be able to post it and have a wide reach. <laughs> that term is not widely accepted. Um, but again, I think right this this idea of like opting in and out would be interesting. Can I send the kids to school and say, "Listen, anything having to do with somebody that supported slavery, I don't want them learning about it." If it's white, it ain't right. It's to the detriment of their Give them the social, emotional well-being and development, <laughs> and I'd rather not do it. Yeah. Like, what are they going to tell me, ma'am? That's our whole curriculum. They're going to be like, "You don't want your kid to go to public school." <laughs> oh, you want to homeschool your kids? Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, and you now don't want we have your kid our answer. To go to public school, dear uh, parents of the children at the Maria Montessori uh, school. You should just homeschool your kids if you don't want them to ever see, hear, or interact with things that are black. That would also mean that you'd have to turn off the internet because um, we literally create cool on a daily basis, but I, good luck. I Oh, you, ooh, you hit them with the taken. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where we end. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Are we, do you have to like close? Thank you, you all again for joining us in our conversation this week. Uh, I think, you know, to some of our conversation, we, we do laugh about a lot of these things, but there are, um, I think, serious issues that we need to think about. And particularly if we're going to make significant change in our educational institutions. Fight for justice. <laughs> Listen. Justice. I no justice. believe that someday in the future. Get a Martina. <laughs> in the galaxy far, far away. Um, we might get there. We're, it's certainly not going to be in our lifetime, but. I'll see you. <laughs> when How does that feel? Is this what our ancestors felt like? Yes. Like, oh. This is what they still feel like. <laughs> But like we're you know we're professors like yeah yeah slaves sharecroppers like we are country folk and we got to keep pushing it forward um for sure I appreciate you all thank you for joining peace.